happy holidays, Revheads, yeah. and welcome, welcome, welcome to the Revcast. I'm Pastor Mike. I'm Pastor Bree, and we are glad you are with us. Uh, this this podcast right now that we are recording is going to be the last one for 2021. Uh, this is coming out on December 20th, uh, depending on when you're listening, 2021, and then we are uh, done until until the new year. We will be back in the new year. We're going to uh, try and you know change the format a little bit, uh, at least at least uh, so we're not dealing with all the time delay as much. Oh, as... time travel is fun though. Oh, but it confuses me so much. <laughs> you're easily confused. I, I. But we I may am... be trying to do away with the time travel. Yes. We'll see how that works. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Christmas is upon us. Uh, very, very, very soon. You say that, that makes my heart beat really oh, fast. I know. <laughs> I have I so know. much to do. <laughs> I recorded uh, my my Monday minute video with uh, with Braley, and uh, part of it was talking about you know people taking the time to pause in in this last two weeks uh, before Christmas. And there is no pause in the preacher's no house. Pause. <laughs> there is no pause. It is it is full throttle uh, from here on out. But uh, that's that's okay. Well, and what's fun is Christmas is on a Saturday, so there's not even a pause once you get oh, to Christmas because you have to be ready for Sunday. Yeah. Well, and and again, our, our pause comes I, after that Sunday. You know, all of uh, all of the pastors I looked up to, I still look up to, for that matter, that uh, that have have had churches with staffs and those kinds of things. I always envy them their ability uh, to take off the Sunday after Christmas. Yeah. Because because for me, largely. Uh, in in single pastor, very small staff, uh, if any churches, um, most of it is on my shoulders. Yeah. Uh, and and we get to we get to Grand Rapids, we come to Trinity, and uh, come and find out uh, both of my my music staff are taking off that Sunday after Christmas, and uh, that and I'm like, oh. Oh, okay, <laughs> but in in uh, in their uh, in their defense, um, the the musicality at Trinity over the course of Christmas uh, is super intensive. Yeah, uh, and one of them, uh, their daytime gig is is as a teacher, and that's like their break. So yeah. so I I get it, and um, yeah, I'm not gonna preach though. What you need is an associate. Associates are really good at preaching the Sunday after Christmas and the Sunday and after what, Easter. And I think that's what it is. That's probably right. Is those churches with those pastors, part of that staff was an associate that yes. they could that they could so they could make tell yeah. voluntold. Yes. That's that's and now I don't feel now I don't feel like, oh, I missed something. I didn't. There, there's no associate that makes sense. I had a staff for a good seven years that's and right. I always preached the Sunday after Christmas. I am not preaching. I so yeah, no. Not preaching. Going to do uh, lessons and carols, uh, and I'm going to play guitar. Which is awesome, except I tend to do a version of lessons and carols on Christmas Eve. And so then to come back and do that two days later. Yeah. No, I I, I like to save lessons and carols for that, that Sunday after. Because if I'm not, especially if I wasn't there, um, that would be something the music staff could do a lot easier than, you know. Yeah. Uh, having to figure out somebody else to preach. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough of our sausage talk. 
Hey, I do want to. I do want to say we uh, we got to do something really uh, fun this last weekend that I honestly I'm going to tell you was not looking forward to. Um, I, probably a month ago, uh, Pastor Bree got our, our family got invited to go to Meyer Garden for a Christmas thing. The, and it, the reason Mike was not looking forward to it was because it was on a Sunday evening, and that's usually dead time. Oh, that's usually our pause before the week starts again. Yeah. And so to get home on Sunday and be like, woohoo, we're going to go out and do another thing. Well, is, and you is, know, it's football season. Yeah, no, did, I, was, I, was, I wasn't looking, I wasn't not looking forward to it because I, I, it wasn't somebody I want to do. It was, it was a Sunday issue. It was, and uh, yeah. But. But, what a great time. But phenomenal. Um, if nothing else, uh, there were lot, lots of stuff going on at Meyer Garden um, for activities for kids, crafts, uh, Santa and Mrs. Claus, beautiful. Christmas um, trees for yeah, all The Christmas the trees for me uh, were, were, were totally worth the time uh, and the energy uh, on a Sunday <laughs> evening to get myself out of the house. Um Beautiful, beautiful trees um, from all sorts of different countries, different cultures, and uh, yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was, it was, it was phenomenal. Beautiful, so, beautiful so thank evening. you to uh, uh, the folks from St. Paul's who uh, invited us and got us in as their guests. Yeah. Um, I it was at, and so don't hear me as saying I I didn't want to do it just on a Sunday night. Uh, but it worked out well. You took a little Sunday afternoon I did. snooze, I, and your attitude changed. Yes. You, uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's amazing as you get older how how uh, how crucial naps become. Yes. Remember um, when we were kids and we'd we fight against naps. naps, and now we go, huh, I think I could sneak one in today. Yeah. So we are uh, we are in the fourth week of Advent. Oh, we got to do some other stuff first. What am I doing? What are you doing? You're forgetting this your is, favorite part so, of the... <laughs> so last week's episode, uh, titled The One uh, Where Mike Got Confused, um, we may have to do uh, The, the one, one Where Mike, Mike Got Confused. Mike is still confused. Part two. Yeah, so here we go. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the hacks, the hacks of life. life. The hacks of life. That's right, folks. It's the hacks of life, and I can almost 100% guarantee... Uh, that Pastor Bree is going to call bull pucky on uh, on this particular I'd life like hack. Like to see the data on that. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, life hack number two hundred and sixty-eight: pineapple juice is five times more effective than cough syrup. It also prevents colds and the flu. So I've heard this before. I have not seen the data on it, but I've seen this claim repeated many times. I believe. It's a healthy, I mean, pineapple is a healthy thing to have in your diet in general. I don't know that it's a magical cure-all, no. prevent-all. Though I could probably guess that our kids would prefer a little bit of pineapple juice over the uh, the super medicine-y cough syrup stuff. Maybe. Depends how much pineapple juice you have to drink. That's true. In order to uh, reap the benefits. Again, I'd like to see the data on, on that. All right. Well, I'm not going to look it up. Well, you know, you have one job around That's here, That's right. Mike. Just one. Just one. Hey, so why don't you go ahead and tell us what happened uh, this week in history? This week in history, December 23rd, 1888, Vincent Van Gogh chops off his ear. So, you know, big... Uh, it, do we know why he did that? 
he was suffering from severe depression. Um, I think there are lots of theories. And he didn't cut off his whole ear. He cut off the lower part of his left ear. Um, was it just like really itchy? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. There are lots of theories. But basically, he really struggled with a lot of um, mental health issues. His life was not easy. He uh, He's regarded now as this great genius uh, with masterpieces everywhere. But in his lifetime... He was uh, he was sort of your your prototypical starving tortured artist. He only sold one painting in his entire lifetime. He had a really difficult personality disorder. He he just really wrestled with mm. a lot of demons in his life. Um, the story goes that uh, that in a in a nervous fit, as it were, he threatened his friend with a knife and then turned the knife on himself and mutilated himself. Um, he ended up hospitalized following the incident. Um, and it's interesting while he was there in the mental institution, that's when he painted some of his best known, um, favorite works, including Starry Night, um, which I've just always thought was such a beautiful, in the midst of the, the depths of, of depression and despair emerged this extremely beautiful, beautiful image that, that was the view from yeah. from this this mental institution where he was undergoing treatment. Um, the story, the story behind the story. Yeah, I always I always appreciate the reality of uh, of of that where in such a dark place and such such terrible agony mm-hmm. uh, to be able to look and capture that beauty, not just capture that beauty, but capture it to an extent that we still look at it in awe today. Um. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I I don't I don't love that he he cut his ear off. That's that's kind of that's oh, kind of rough. He had he had such a difficult lifetime. Oh, I I understand it, <laughs> and and we have we our, our cats are uh, loose. Um, our cats are taking advantage of this chance to claw the furniture that, because they know we won't yell at them while we're podcasting. Yeah, and yeah, that's not code. Um, that's our our cats really are loose. Yeah, so if you hear the meows in the background, uh, those are those are not added in post. Those are legit <laughs> cats uh, walking around going, "You forgot to lock us up." That's right. All right. What also, also this week in history, December twentieth, nineteen sixty three, nineteen sixty three, the Berlin Wall opened for the first time. So two years after the Berlin Wall had been constructed by East Germany to keep its citizens from fleeing, nearly 4,000 West Berliners were allowed to cross into East Berlin to visit relatives. Um, Each pass allowed a one-day visit to communist East Berlin. Now, I didn't know this piece of history that... uh, that the wall was open that early in its history, but it was only open in one direction. But it, it gave wow. a chance for reunions for families that had been separated by the construction of the wall. Um, it was also a huge propaganda event as people came in um, to East Berlin. They were uh, <laughs> they were sort of inundated with brochures and loudspeakers and all these things, you know showing why East Germany was so much better and was sort of the heart of everything. Um, but it was it was a chance for families to see each other, even if just for a day. So uh, interesting piece of history. Hmm. December 21st, 1968, Apollo 8 departs for the moon's orbit, the first manned mission to the moon successfully launched on this, uh, this week in history. So they entered... Uh, 
entered orbit around the moon on Christmas Eve and sent back spectacular photos taken of the Earth and the moon from the spacecraft. They were the first astronauts to see the far side of the moon. And finally, um, a really significant event in recent history, December 21st, 2012, Gangnam Style becomes the first YouTube video <laughs> to reach 1 billion views. So uh, the world has has never oh. been the same since. <laughs> I remember when Gangnam Style oh, was the thing. I remember and, uh, too. I want to see how many views it has now. Yes, uh, that was um, uh, made quite a splash. And yes. Let's see. Let's see how many. 4.2 billion views right now. Well, there you are. That's like... About half the planet. Yeah. Wow. Although a lot of those views are multiples. Yeah, multiples. sure. Multiples. But uh, I mean, but I know yeah. I, I probably watched it a dozen times. First YouTube video to garner one billion views. Uh, there you go. Outstanding. That's our history. Yeah. All right. Well, we continue. This is our our last week, our fourth week of Advent. Uh, we are continuing uh, with Matt Rawls, the heart that grew three sizes, finding faith in the story of the Grinch. Yes, we do continue. Should we start with prayer? Hey, let's do that. Let's pray. God, we are we are grateful for this season that you've given us this time to uh, to prepare our hearts, to calm our lives, to quiet ourselves, and to hear your voice speaking once again. We ask that even as we are caught up in the mad and busy rush towards Christmas, that you would help us to be still and to know that you are here with us. Speak to us through this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so we come up on this, on this fourth week of Advent, this fourth chapter of the book. Again, lots of uh, nice different scriptures we could use. Uh, and we end up in this place where um, the, uh, the scripture, the, the gospel lesson that is suggested for uh, this, this particular Sunday uh, is also what we're plan well what I'm planning to have have read on Christmas Eve, um, so it, it becomes uh, you know it, it's kind of a uh, do I don't I but um, regardless of the fact whether I end up preaching from from the Gospel of Luke on Sunday or not um, having this conversation is going to be good for me. So, You'll be preaching from this scripture one way or the other, whether correct. it is Sunday or Christmas <laughs> Eve or both. So uh, so here we go. This is uh, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary, listened, uh, treasured, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And this is the word from Luke for us today. There's a lot of reasons, I think, why this is the suggested scripture for this week. Um, partly because this is the culmination of of the story in, in the book. There's not a chapter for Christmas Eve. And so if you're going to get to Christmas, you've got to get there on the fourth Sunday of Advent. Um, which we can discuss whether that's a design flaw or <laughs> or not. Oh, it's a total design flaw. Well, it, I think I think it's it, a, it's an acknowledgement of the fact that on Christmas Eve we tend to have a lot more visitors. Well, that's, and sometimes yeah. if you're you're concluding a series on Christmas Eve, people can feel that they are left out, they've missed something, they weren't considered. And so Christmas oh. Eve tends to be more of a standalone. <laughs> Yes. I, so I got that. I got I got a, a, a couple of emails uh, today. So so uh, Pastor Bree wrote um, some calls to worship and some Advent candle lighting uh, resources for this series. Uh, the the first four weeks or the, the four weeks of Advent, mm-hmm. and uh, and we shared them with folks uh, who were also doing this series. And I got a I got a couple messages today from folks who did that who were like, hey. We really have enjoyed these calls to worship and Advent candle writings. Do you have one for Christmas Eve? And uh, and I had to be like, well, no, Christmas Eve is kind of going to stand alone. We may reference it because like we're decorated with with the Grinch, but uh, but yeah, it's pretty much going to be standalone. Sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. but that that always frustrates me with uh, with some of these uh, uh, prepackaged studies. I I understand the we're gonna we're gonna keep it more general mm-hmm. uh, for visitors um but i think there's a way to do that with still acknowledging that we've been walking through something um especially if it's uh this particular series doesn't really build on itself i mean you have to know the story of the grinch but it's something that is so familiar for a lot of people um that like it's not if you missed last week's you're still gonna understand this week yeah um so it's it would be nice It, it it frustrates me in lent too yeah um, we get all the way up to you Palm the, Sunday. You get the same thing where you tend to have an invitation to stand alone. Right. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I understand. I understand that. And it's going to be fine. Um, I, we, I've, I found a, a, a great, uh, uh, more general uh, reading and, and call to worship. But Yeah. Yeah. It'll work out. But but I think there's also a lot of themes in this scripture that carry over to the, the end of the Grinch's story. You have the the strangers who are far away from where the miracle is happening, um, which really resonates with sort of the Grinch who's been on the outside of things the whole story. You have um, not the singing of the people, but you have the angels appearing, this song that sort of changes everything. And then you have... Um, I thought it was it was really fascinating reading Matt's chapter for this week. That's Matt Rall, who wrote the book that we've been talking about, where he talks about the the end of the story uh, is not so much up to the Grinch as it's up to the Who's. The Grinch, spoiler, hopefully you know the story. The Grinch <laughs> pulls pulls his sled full of Christmas goodies back off the edge of the cliff. He goes back down the mountain to Whoville. And rolls into town with all of this evidence against him um, <laughs> on right. his sled, and the question is, what what do the Who's do? Do they do they tar and feather him? Do they drive him back out of town? Do they throw him into prison? Um, 
how do they respond when this outsider, this very clearly guilty outsider who has tried to steal everything from them shows up? Um, and in my mind, I'm thinking of Mary and Joseph and like, <laughs> they just had a baby <laughs> and these shepherds show up. Yeah. <laughs> And how do they respond? They go, go away. It's a bad time. We don't want you here. Um, especially, I think every year we talk a little bit about culturally shepherds being sort of not just outsiders, but they were suspect. They were viewed as as criminals because sometimes their sheep would graze on someone else's land. They would travel from place to place. So nobody really knew them. Nobody could really vouch for them. And yet here they are showing up, uh, going, hey, we heard you had a baby. The angels told us to come see your baby. Is it cool if we see your baby? Um, it's a weird yeah. scene. It's a so, really weird story. So it takes me back to uh, when when uh, uh, Michaela was born. Mm-hmm. And there... When when you're when you're preparing to have a baby these days, and you're you're meeting with your your doctors, and you're putting together your birth plan, one of the things they ask is, well, who do you want to be allowed in to see you? Yeah. Um, and generally, the answer, well, at least for us, was, well, nobody. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, if if uh, it was it was if I wanted to bring somebody back, that was okay. Yeah. Like I had to to know what was going so on. We and didn't bring them want back. the whole. We had. Two communities yeah. full of people who loved us, which was wonderful, but I didn't want everybody yeah. parading through while I was yeah. recovering from giving birth and, and exposing our kid to all of their germs. Right. And and so, and so if, I juxtapose that with this reality that Mary and Joseph and Jesus are uh, in, the, in the stable, in the manger, um, not in the most comfortable uh, place they could be. Yeah. Um, and in walk these shepherds. Yeah. Not people they know. Yeah. Uh, not the owners of the house. Uh, not family. Not anything. Just these strange shepherds. Uh, yeah. It's it's kind of crazy to think about it like that. And and then think about um, why it why on why in the world. Um, would would this this announcement from the angels from the heavenly host go to shepherds? Mm. You know, um, there had to be like a magistrate in Bethlehem, right? Like yeah. some hoity-toity, highfalutin kind of people. Um, Jerusalem was not that far away. Um, I'm sure there were uh, well-to-do people there as well. Um, there, I, there's 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 a bigger point. Uh, in the naming of the shepherds, and like we have done uh, within within the church, when we uh, spin down the story of Jesus into a crash, into a nativity scene, um, and it is it is just supposed to be this uh, this sterile, uh, picturesque kind of like oh, it's no big deal kind of thing. Um, instead of realizing. Uh, how intentional, when when Luke is telling this story, how intentional each of those pieces are. Yeah. Because um, the, the reason for the shepherds um, is because within the community uh, they they were they were lowest of the low. Yeah. Um, they they were not well thought of, and 
aside from uh, Mary and Joseph, the first, uh, and maybe Elizabeth and Zechariah, the first uh, in, in this narrative were the, the first non-family uh, that the, the angel goes to are these shepherds. Yeah. Uh, strangers, uh, possibly for a lot of them refugees, immigrants, uh, not not upstanding citizens by by any stretch of uh, that that society's imagination. Yeah, and yet they're invited right into the heart of the story. Yeah, and and not and not like they didn't just stumble in. They're not like, hey, let's go see if the barn is uh, warm. No, they <laughs> they get this this heavenly invitation, this divine invitation, um, and and from the beginning the. The uh, the Annunciation to Mary, from the beginning of this story, uh, it is about good news, not to uh, the wealthy, not to those that the world considers blessed, but to the lowly, mm-hmm. to the lost, uh, to the outsider, to the stranger, to the foreigner, to the immigrant, to the refugee. That's... Um, for me, that's that's the beauty of this of this part of this story. Yeah, you have this intentionality about inviting the outsiders in, um, which again I think is part of the reason this is the suggested scripture for today. Because you have um, going back to the Grinch, you have the Grinch, this consummate outsider, this um, by his own by his own choice in a lot of ways, but also we don't know the whole history and story. Um, the the live action movie tries to invent a whole backstory right. as to how he became an outsider, but uh, but in the 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 original story we don't know. We just find him up on the mountaintop, hating the people down below, and again now he rolls into town with this sled full of stuff, and and how the people choose to receive him um, is really the the pinnacle of the story. He's had his transformative moment, uh, but will there be reconciliation? Will there be forgiveness? Will there be grace offered to the Grinch, or or will there be a, a mob coming after him? Will he be right. cast out of the town again? Um, that's up to the who's. That's up to sort of not to not to push the metaphor too much but the good religious folks who are down in the town who are all nice people who've been wronged mm-hmm. do they have room in their hearts for forgiveness uh to to welcome him into the story yeah it, well and there's it, it, we can we can i think <clears throat> we can narrow this down even a little more um and see mary and joseph as the who's okay in, in, in regard to the shepherds, if the shepherds are the Grinch, Mary and Joseph and Jesus are the Who's. And as the shepherds enter in, they come in, they invade this Holy moment. Holy space, yeah. Right? This place where we would not allow people. And, you know, and it was just Michaela. Yeah. Not, not, <laughs> not the, uh, the Messiah. <laughs> it was just Michaela. Uh, and <laughs> Poor Michaela. <laughs> and... Uh, it, and Mary's response, we're told, is to treasure these things in her heart. Yeah. Um, not get away from me, you stinky shepherds. Not uh, can't you see we're a little busy here. Uh, but treasuring 
this moment, this this reality, this invitation of angels to shepherds to be in that moment. Um, it's a beautiful thing. I had a, um, a conversation with someone in a Bible study this week who brought up this scripture, Mary treasured these things in her heart. And she said, I know it's out of context, but there are all these times where she's talking about a family situation and where she would get frustrated and feel like she needed to say things and know that if she said things, she would just make things worse. Sure. And so she learned how to bite her tongue. She said, I would just keep telling myself, Mary treasured these things in her heart. <laughs> Mary pondered these things in her heart. Mary pondered them in her heart. She didn't that, say them out loud. <laughs> that, that is an interesting an interesting <laughs> angle on that i i like that oh mary i don't know if that's going to preach for me this year but uh, but i definitely oh, appreciate this idea that. that you have all this crazy stuff going on and instead of saying get out of here you fools I, mary bites her tongue i wonder if we go back to the greek if it actually says uh, uh and but mary counted to 10 and took a deep breath um <laughs> well yeah because once <laughs> once they let the shepherds in they get this whole amazing story comes pouring out about the angel yeah. and about the, the glory to God in highest heaven and on earth peace and, and, and good news. And and they wouldn't have gotten that story if, if Joseph had sort of been the gatekeeper at the door that said, no, go away. We're full. We don't have room for you. We don't have time for you. Get out of here. Um, yeah. and, and likewise, right? I keep trying to connect this to the Grinch because I'm still not sure where I'm going this <laughs> week. But if the Who's had, had immediately kicked the Grinch out, they would never have found out his heart had grown three sizes. They would never have had the chance to see that he had, he had changed. He had repented. And, and you miss this beautiful scene of reconciliation at the end where he ends up joining them at the feast and actually sitting in the seat of honor, um, which is just such a powerful, powerful moment that happens because the who's are willing to take a chance on this guy who has yeah. wronged them in such profound ways. Yeah. And it's, and it's one of those, and I'm just going to go there. Um, I saw, saw somebody it, it, social media somewhere. Um, it's how we cite things these days, yeah. <laughs> but, it, and it's, but it's, it's purely anecdotal, but uh, this person said that they had been making an effort um, in their conversations with their family and in their uh, social media posting throughout Advent uh, to avoid anything political or that might cause division. Okay. And, and I don't know this person well enough to know which side of the political aisle they may be leaning towards. Mm -hmm. But I saw that and I thought, oh, that's... That's making some room. Yeah. That's making some room for some redemption, some reconciliation, some healing to happen. Um, and and I, what a great attitude. Yeah. What a great attitude to have. And what what does that mean uh, for for the church? What does that mean for uh, our 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 towns and our neighborhoods and our cities and our country? What does that What does that mean with all of the turmoil? Uh, not just the pandemic, but the politics, and not just the politics of, of the last four or five years, but the politics of the last 20. Mm -hmm. um, all of these things that have become so divisive. Um, is there a way that we make room for that healing to happen? Um, and that that gives me great joy, yeah. this, this idea that, and it, may, and it challenges me. 
mm-hmm. because because I I will be honest, folks. Um, probably since November, um, uh, of twenty twenty, um, I have I have systematically like unfriended or unfollowed a whole lot of people that I mm. I was not willing to make room for. Uh, some of them was so that I didn't get drawn into toxic back and forth battles. Um, but others of it was, I just, I don't have the energy and I didn't want to make the room. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think in this challenge, I think it's important that we do. I think it's important that we make the room to have the conversations. And yes, some people are absolutely bonkers crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, but if we don't ever allow room for healing, we don't ever allow room for some saving face and some grace and and things of that nature. Um, I don't know if there is a way back. Yeah, uh, it's let there be it's... peace on earth and let it begin with me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I'm thinking. So last week in my sermon. I preached about how the Grinch thought that he was right, how we always think that we're right. We think that we're the hero in the story. Um, And he ends up having this transformative moment where he realizes he's been going in the wrong direction. He needs to repent and turn around. Um, And he comes down the hill. And I'm thinking now of the Who's who think that they're the heroes in the story and write how they've been hurt and they've been put upon. And... You could definitely argue they are absolutely correct. They are right. They would be within their rights to employ their rights to demand <laughs> justice against against this thief. But instead of choosing their rights, they choose relationship. Yeah. And that's what I'm thinking about as you're talking is this idea that, that um, being in relationship is often more important than being right. Are we are we willing to live that way, or do we live so that you know being proven right is more important, is the most important thing? And in the process, you know, whoever we hurt, be darned. Um, I'm grateful that in the fictional story, <laughs> there's there's room for reconciliation, there's room for forgiveness, and as we talk about that in the light of what Christmas is about, this idea that God comes to earth so that there can be forgiveness, so that there can be healing of relationships, so that the outsider can find a place at the heart of the story, um, and, and seeing that in so many ways this week, I think is a powerful, powerful thing. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, I. For me, if if I am going to now see, this conversation has me thinking that I I can uh, uh, do this on Sunday and on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Because um, this Sunday very much feels like a uh, focus on the shepherds and the making room and. Um, but I think I think expanding it out to to uh, uh, a few verses in either direction of of this is going to also help me to go go different places on Christmas Eve. Um, but I like I like this this notion of uh, of making room. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you when you watch the uh, the end of uh, the animated version of the Grinch, the original. Um, 
you see as as the Grinch comes down in his sleigh, the, the Who's are circled the tree, holding hands, singing Welcome Christmas. And like the hands let go and it opens up and they make room for the Grinch to come in with the sleigh. Yeah. Um, it is, and it's, the beauty, I think the beauty of it is in its simplicity. Mm-hmm. Um, very much so. I, 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 I don't know um, anyone who would wake up to see their house ransacked and things stolen on Christmas morning would uh, walk outside and start singing Welcome Christmas. But um, this this idea of that's that's not what would happen, but the the hope that it could... Yeah, the hope that um, we might at some point uh, understand the meaning of of Christmas, of Christ coming, of uh, the the reality of the shepherds being invited, the reality of uh, uh, wise people from Babylon making the journey, the idea of the flight to Egypt, and all of the texture and all of the the depth that those pieces bring into who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. Mm-hmm. Um, that that right there, this this singular story mm-hmm. uh, from Annunciation to Epiphany. Um, for me, as I this is this is an encapsulation of all that Jesus is going to do, all that Jesus is going to talk about, uh, and indeed all that um, uh, we see the uh, God present in the Old Testament, trying to convey um, to people is is this um, this 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 idea of uh, inclusion, this idea of grace, this idea of um, remembering uh, where we've come from. Uh, there's there's so much there, uh, and uh, and this story kind of encapsulates all of that. Yeah, uh, it brings it all together. It's, I love it. You know, you you say I don't know if if we'd walk out and start singing, but I like the idea that we could. Yeah. I think that eventually we would. So I'm thinking in my mind of um, there's a there's a family who are friends of ours who we met um, through when our son was sick. We met through the hospital. Their daughter was undergoing chemotherapy, had surgery for cancer. Yeah. Um, and it was shortly before Christmas. Their daughter was still undergoing chemotherapy and their house burned down. Mm-hmm. And their immediate reaction was not to walk out in the snow and start singing. But in the days that followed, the counting of blessings, Mm -hmm. the outpouring of love and support that that this family um, experienced, the the healing in the midst of that trauma, and um, not that that the just the the fact that sometimes when you lose everything, it makes you really realize what you have, that you didn't really lose everything. Um, I think we we get there eventually. And I'd like to think yeah. maybe we don't immediately walk out and start singing um, songs of grace. But I know that um, that Christmas for that family was a Christmas full of thanksgiving, was a Christmas full of joy, um, even in the face of everything that was going on, all the trauma, all of the struggles in their lives um, really made them stop and and 
be grateful for mm. what they did have and the ways that God was working in their lives, um, which gives me some hope. Like I said, we might not get there immediately, um, but but I think that uh, that we might get there eventually. Now, if somebody came in after Christmas and put all of the decorations away for us, yes, <laughs> there would be singing. There would be singing. <laughs> No, I, I think I think you're absolutely right. Um, that if if indeed there is a a kernel, a nugget, a uh, piece of pixie dust within your heart that knows uh, what Christmas is about, that yeah, and there may be some some pain uh, in the initial moment, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think we could. I like to think we could get to a place yeah. of still celebrating the, the all of the blessings that we have. Yeah. So, all right. All right. Oh, a lot of like, ground this week. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I honestly, I'm. I, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna go Luke, um, but I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like I'm gonna go Luke too. Uh, uh. That yeah. Oh, so uh, I, I I don't know how many of you uh, are watch the uh, the live stream from Trinity or go back and watch it, but uh, if you if you don't, um, I want to encourage you to do so for uh, the the service for December twelfth. In particular, if you do nothing else, uh, skip ahead a few minutes to the children's message. This is why people are afraid to do things in churches anymore because something goes wrong and it lives online. Oh. For infinity, just forever and ever. And then the pastor goes on his podcast and says, <laughs> hey, in case you missed it, go and watch oh, this. It, it was it was epic. And all I'm going to tell you, um, it's up to you to go watch it. Um, just the children's message piece. Uh, all I'm going to tell you is that um, the, the, uh, the fall was not planned. <laughs> um, but it worked out perfectly, <laughs> and I, I'm not I'm not naming who 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 it was. They were perfectly concealed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right, folks. We uh, we want we uh, are so glad that you've been with us. We want to encourage you uh, wherever you're listening to this uh, Apple Podcast or Spotify or Google Google Play wherever wherever it's at. Uh, like it. Rate it, comment, share, all of that stuff. Uh, subscribe where you can. Uh, all of that helps boost uh, boost the algorithms and get us out to, to people who would also uh, be blessed to to hear our yimmering and yammering. <laughs> uh, but uh, until next time, I am Pastor Mike. I'm still Pastor Bree. Oh, and next time's going to be a uh, ways away, right? So until next year. Until next year. Uh, yeah, until next year, I'm Pastor Mike. I, I will still be Pastor you will? Bree. All right. Remember, God loves you, and there's <laughs> nothing anyone, anyone can, can do, do about it. it. Peace. <laughs>